ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I need to let you know that I am currently struggling with a partially in and out voice, a lingering cough. Our family in the past two weeks, we have just cycled so many different sicknesses around between the kids and Simeon and I, and it's just, it's been... It's been an interesting time in our family, but I think everybody's pretty much on the upswing. They seem to be getting back to normal, healthy again. I'm hoping that we have just built up the strongest immune systems to get us through the rest of the winter. I just have this lingering like voice thing going on. So I will try not to cough in the microphone. If I sound funny, that is why. So just bear with me and give me grace today. But I'm so excited about today's podcast episode. Um, you know, so I know a lot of my episodes, especially recently, have been very much centered around more like devotional, scripture, um, just challenging type things. Um, a lot of like biblical parenting and, you know, scriptural encouragement, different things like that. And, and I love doing those, and I will continue to do those. Um, but I also want to sprinkle in just some practical things that I have heard from other wives and moms and ladies that they are struggling with or need some advice on or that they just want to hear me talk about. So I'm going to work over the next couple months just to kind of throw in some more lighthearted, practical things about home and family and maybe a little bit about how our family works, how we do things, you know, and the unique thing about each one of our families is that they are all so different. You know, my family is never going to look like your family. Your family is never going to look like my family. The people that God has put in our families, the gift, the gifts that God has given those people, they're all different. And he did all of that for a reason. Um, so as we talk through today's episode, which is chatting all things kitchen, um, I love the kitchen. I love to cook. I love to bake. I love to research kitchen appliances and new kitchen tools. And that that is my thing. I enjoy that. If it's not your thing, if you're like, I can barely make cereal or, you know, whatever, please don't feel like this episode, you know, should is condemning you or is saying, oh, you should be doing all these things that I do. Um, most definitely not. You know, I, I think of the area of interior design. My house will never be the super cute um, farmhouse, shabby chic, just all of this matching decor. Like, that is just not my strong suit. Um, if it was, if it would ever look like that, I'd have to pay somebody to do it. And that's not really in our budget. So, you know, we all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. Um, but in that, I do think that there is always area for growth. Um, whatever your skill set is, where, whatever areas that your skill set is maybe lacking, um, there's always baby steps that we could take to improve or to learn or to grow in. Um, and, you know, even though I love the kitchen, even recently, and I'll share more about this later in the episode, I have learned so much about uh, implementing healthy cooking into my kitchen, using more whole foods, um, some different kitchen tools that would really be a blessing to me as I try to minister to my family through the kitchen and through food. So I have not arrived on this topic Um 
But there are some things that I have really emphasized and tried to work through in my home and in my kitchen. And so I wanted to share some of that with you guys today. I did a Q&A on Instagram asking, um, okay, in the kitchen, what are areas that you struggle with? What is something that you um, want to get better at? What is just something you have a question about? So a lot of the things that I'm going to address today stem from that Q&A. And I'm going to try to do that more and more, not just on these practical things, um, but just getting feedback from you guys. Feedback is so helpful for me. If you like an episode, let me know. If you dislike an episode, let me know. If there's something that you say, hey, I would love to hear you talk about this, let me know. That is so helpful. Ultimately, I follow the Holy Spirit's leading as he guides me on what episodes to do and when for them to come out. Um, But your feedback is a huge blessing as All I want to do through this podcast is just help and encourage other women as they walk through their lives and minister to the people that God has put in their path. Um, You know, you letting me know what would be helpful to you helps me to kind of gauge my thinking and sometimes to prioritize. I have a running list of probably over 50 episode topics that I would love to get to. And, you know... your feedback may help me say, okay, I need to prioritize number 49 of over number three. Um, so anyways, feedback is great. Instagram is a great way to connect with me. You can find me at Noah Hire Calling underscore. That is probably where I'm most active with my social media and with a lot of my No Hire Calling um, outreach. I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, No Hire Calling. I'm not quite as active on there, but you can still find me there. Um, I also have an email, No Hire Calling Podcast at gmail.com. And you're more than welcome to email me at any time with anything. Um, And I would love to hear from you guys and to try to just be as specific of a help as I can to you. You know, I had one mom message me recently with two questions that she just said were things that she was thinking on and praying through and such that she thought they'd make great podcast episodes. And, you know, when I, I read those, I was like, I actually have the very same questions that I've been working through in my heart. And so I don't know that I'm the person to address those, but I'm going to pray that God will bring somebody into my path for myself. I need these answers or that God will illumine his scripture and his truth and speak to my heart on these things and give me wisdom in these areas. Um, But, you know, knowing that helps me to say, okay, this is an area that I need to kind of hone in on and think through and pray through and see how God leads. So all that to say, I love to hear from you. Every time you guys message me, it is a blessing to me. It helps me as, as I work through these topics and just trying to be um, as specific and as an intentional with the time that God has given me to have the opportunity to speak to you ladies. So thank you for listening and for being a part of this. I'd love to have you participate in this as much as you want. So reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. But into today's topic, we are going to chat all things kitchen. So I'm going to try to work through this in a systematic way. I've written down a lot of the different questions or different kind of like topics that you guys addressed in that Instagram Q&A. Um, some of them I did not jot down because I am not the person to speak on those. There are a few of them and I read and I was like, uh, that is an area that I haven't even begin to tackle in began to tackle in my kitchen or maybe that's an area that I've attempted and have failed multiple times and I have nothing to say about that so some of those maybe in the future we will bring in with interviews from other people who have more wisdom to offer than I do um 
But there were several different other categories where I really have been working through some different things in my home. As I mentioned, even just in the past couple months, really trying to step it up in my kitchen um, and just be the uh, be a wise steward of the things that God has given me, not just resources. You know, I know resources and budget is a huge thing that we tend to talk about when we come to the kitchen is how can we be a wise steward of our money when it comes to needing this need of our family? Um and I'll touch on that a little bit, but also just in, in the stewardship of this aspect of ministering to our families. You know, so much of the ministry that we extend to our families, to our husbands, to our children, um, even if, if you're a single lady, still at home, your family, or, you know, whatever your situation is, our homes and our kitchens especially are a huge place of ministry, and, and you've seen that as I've talked about the area of hospitality. Um, but I just, you know, I want to be a wise steward of the opportunities that God gives me to serve him and others through my kitchen. You know, it's kind of become like the key verse for no higher calling. Proverbs 31, 27 says that she looketh well to the ways of her household. You know, I think for everybody, whatever that looks like for you is probably going to be different than what it looks like for somebody else because God's created us all with with unique strengths and weaknesses and personalities and opportunities. Um, but in, in all of it, all of us, have the responsibility to look well to the ways of our household. And so as I'm talking through all these different kitchen things, I'm just, just you know, I would challenge you maybe think through that. What is a baby step that I could take? And, and you know, don't listen to this and think, oh, I need to work on this, 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 and this. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. Well, just forget it. We're not going to work on the kitchen at all because that's what I tend to do. Um, but maybe just find a baby step that you're going to say, you know what, I'm, well, let's try this. Or maybe, you know, I, I have... I have a big list of baby steps that I'm currently trying to implement in my kitchen, and I am. I'm just trying to work through them as as money is, uh, you know, is granted to be able to work through those things or as time is allowed to be able to work through those things or as I have time to do some research and look into different things. Um, so this is just an area that is a work in progress for me. I am not the authority on all things kitchen. I'm just going to chat about some things that have helped me as I have had my own kitchen. So the first thing that I want to address are my favorite appliances, utensils, my favorite kitchen tools. So I absolutely love my KitchenAid mixer. If there was one thing that I'd have to say I cannot have a kitchen without, it would be my KitchenAid mixer. You know, my brother Clay, the one that passed away, actually bought me my KitchenAid mixer um, right before I got married. You know, I think it was like $300. We were young. That was, and it still is expensive. But it was an exorbitant amount of money at that age, at that stage in life. It seemed like such a luxury, but I really wanted it. Um, and so, you know, when Clay asked me, what do you want for a wedding gift? I was like, well, look, if you get me a KitchenAid mixer, it can be my wedding gift and my birthday and Christmas present for as many years as you need to let it cover because I would love this. And he's like, well, what is it? okay, wait, a mixer is how much? And so I had to justify a little bit why it was just going to change my life. And my wedding day, there was my KitchenAid mixer from my brother. And it has changed my life. I use it for everything. I use it, oh goodness, cookie doughs, pizza dough, muffins, anything I need to mix, really. Um, I, use it. I use it to shred meat. It's great to shred chicken. We, uh, I'm currently eating um, Marcy Fowler's barbecue chicken. If, if you don't know what that is, I did an interview with Marcy Fowler, Simplified Hospitality. You can find her on Instagram, and you can get her barbecue chicken recipe for free. It is so good. Um, 
and I'm I'm pregnant and I'm craving it like all the time. I think it's something like the tangy coleslaw paired with the barbecue. Anyway, I digress. Um, but it's been great. And and so I just pop the chicken out of the crock pot into the KitchenAid mixer and it shreds like beautifully. So I love my KitchenAid for shredding meat. But definitely KitchenAid is worth the investment. If you don't have one, it is worth saving for because it is such a helpful tool. Which leads me into the next one, and I mentioned that, is my crock pot. Now, I know some people love Instant Pots. I just wasn't really able to like it as much as I felt like I should. But I do love my crock pot, so much so that I actually just bought a second crock pot. Now, I have nowhere to store it, so that's a work in progress. Currently, it's just sitting on my counter. I mean, I like to have my counters clear, so it's kind of bothering my OCD. But it's worth it because, um, and I'll talk more about this in a little bit, but I've I mentioned I've really been trying to do a lot more um, whole foods cooking, healthy cooking, um, not being so dependent on prepackaged, processed, um, convenience type foods, which means that I've been using my crock pot a lot more. Um, I've been doing our own applesauce. I've been doing um, like steel cut overnight oats for breakfast in the morning. I've been doing bone broth in my crock pot, lots of different things, which is great. But when I need the crock pot to actually make dinner for that night, and I currently have apples that need to cook for eight hours, I run into a little bit of a problem. So I just got a second crock pot. Love my crock pot. I could not imagine my kitchen without my crock pot. Um, so the next thing that I really like in my kitchen is a grain mill. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've probably heard me mention here and there that I grind my own wheat. And so no, it's don't think like my stepmom did when I told her that I wanted to grind my own wheat. She was thinking like mortal and pestle me sitting somewhere with stones grinding my own wheat. No, it is not that at all. Actually, my grain mill is amazing. I was having a conversation on Instagram with a lady recently about grain mills and I sent her a picture of mine and she was like, oh, you have the Cadillac of the grain mills. And I, I, I have a really nice grain mill. Now I did get it last year uh, at Black Friday and I was able to get a hundred dollars off, which brought my Cadillac grain mill to the price of your normal, like mid-grade grain mill. So it was a splurge, but it wasn't quite the splurge that it looks like it was, but I love my grain mill. If I'm, I don't have the time in this episode to dive into grinding your grown grains and why I do it, maybe that'll come in the future. Um, if you're interested in that, everything that I've learned has come from Jamie Balmay. She has a podcast, Finding Joy in Your Home. You can go back through and find her episodes on grinding your own grains. She actually has a course on her website that I'm currently working through. Everything I know about grinding your own grains and my desire to do it has come from Jamie Balmay. So thank you, Jamie. You have changed my kitchen. I'm grinding your own grains is so much more healthy for you. In the long run, it's a much cheaper option. A lot of people that struggle with gluten issues, which our family doesn't, but a lot of people that do, if they grind their own grains, they can eat bread no problem. It's absolutely delicious. There's just, there's a lot of reasons why it's, it's a great thing to do. Um, so I really enjoy using my grain mill. Uh, something that I'd pair with that is my bread maker. So I actually got this on Facebook marketplace for like 10 or $20. Um, but I love my bread maker because I can grind my own wheat in like two or three minutes, dump all of the ingredients into my bread maker, maybe five to 10 minutes to get all of that in there, hit the button. And in three hours I have fresh bread, or I can use the delay setting, dump it all in the night before, Delayed a few hours so that when we wake up in the morning, we wake up to the smell of fresh homemade bread, which is amazing, especially on Sunday mornings when I'm rushing around and then I'm like, oh yeah, 
I already have fresh homemade bread in the kitchen, so breakfast is covered. It's great. I absolutely love having my bread maker. Um, another thing that, again, I would pair with kind of my bread would be an electric knife. Um, I use my electric knife for meat, but I use it probably the most to cut my bread slices. It just helps me keep them very even, the right thickness. Um, so those three things, we love bread in our home. I am always making loaves of bread for sandwiches or muffins or pizza dough or waffles or pancakes. We just we always have bread in our home. Um so those three things, the grain mill, the bread maker, and the electric knife are kind of all three paired together. They're just so helpful in trying to um, provide really healthy bread for my family. Um, I mentioned waffles. So we have a really cool waffle maker. Um, I used to have just, I, I don't know, like a cheap standard waffle maker, but the plates, the iron plates were not removable. So when the dough would spill over, it would like seep into all the cracks and get nasty and I couldn't get it out and so I got frustrated eventually it got so gross that I just threw it away and we didn't have waffles for a long time then my husband remembered he really likes waffles and I told him my dilemma and so he found this waffle maker which makes four waffles at once which is awesome because my family of five which three of those people are four and under our family of five with three little kids can go through like 20 waffles for breakfast it's crazy how many waffles that we can eat but anyway, so the, it has removable plates. So when I'm done cooking, I can just pull them out, rinse them off, wash them off. Super easy. I love that style of waffle maker. Um, another thing that I really like is my electric skillet. I use that a lot, and it's the same way as the waffle maker. It's not one piece. The, like, skillet part actually just sits on the hot coil and electric part with the handles. You can lift that off and easy to clean. I'll try to link some of these in the show notes um, if you're looking for them. Another thing that I really like is my panini press. We eat a lot of sandwiches, so this is great. We really like them toasted. Um, that's just a really, I mean, it's not an essential tool, but it's something that I use a lot because of how much we like sandwiches. Um I'm trying to think other things. Something that I've been working through, again, those baby steps to try to switch out in my kitchen and replace with is a lot of my plastic food storage containers. I'm trying to replace all of those with glass instead so that I don't have that, you know, toxic plastic chemicals leaching into my food. Um, I've been trying to replace a lot of my, um, like, uh, cookie sheets, muffin pans, uh, my pots and pans. I've been trying to replace you know, the, the Teflon and just all the chemical, you know, oh, I'm trying to think, it's like BPA, I can't remember exactly right now, all the scientific terms, but the ones that have a lot of those toxic, toxic chemicals that leach into your food, I'm trying to replace those with like USA pans, um, I had somebody gift me some paper chef pots and pans, so I'm trying to slowly, you know, as holidays or gift, opt gift opportunities arise, or as I can, you know, tuck away little parts of the budget, just replace some of these things in our home. And it is still a work in progress, but those are some things that really over the past two years, probably I've been trying to work through switching out in my kitchen to have more healthier options. Um, so those are just some of my favorite appliances as far as utensils. You know, this is just your common stuff, but I really do love my bamboo, um, you know, spoons and spatulas. Those are great. I don't have to worry about them melting or having something plastic in my hot boiling water. Um, I just, I use those and I really enjoy having my bamboo wear. Um, so the next thing is staying clutter free in the kitchen. This is not 
really something that I personally struggle with. I am, I am my father's daughter, and we are both very OCD. Everything has its place. Um, you know, the towel when it hangs in the bathroom, the corners need to like match perfectly. Um, it, it, it can be a struggle. Sometimes I have to just breathe and be like, it's okay. I just need to let the kids help. And the towel corners don't have to be perfectly. Um, but because of that personality trait, I guess maybe you call it a trait. Maybe it's a flaw. Um, but I tend to personally not struggle with staying clutter-free in my kitchen. I don't really like, I, I don't have a lot of counter space. So the counter space that I do have, I don't want it cluttered up with a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, there are certain things that will stay out on my counter just because of the frequency of use. My KitchenAid mixer is on my counter. My grain mills on my counter. Um, you know, I have our Google Home is on our counter. Um, several different things like that. But I really try to keep it clutter-free. But something that has helped um, our family, Simeon's not quite as clutter-free as I am, something that has helped keep, like, mail and just random things off the kitchen counters is I just got this, like, little $20 little wooden... I don't want to say box because it's much prettier than a box, but it's almost like this little like wooden shelf that has little like hooks for your keys, a little like box you can stick things in and a little ledge. And I just hung that up by the door in the living room. And that's been a huge help to keep some of those cluttery things that tend to get on the kitchen counter out there. Now keys aren't on the kitchen counter. Mail's not on the kitchen counter. It has its own space. So maybe if you're dealing with clutter, first of all, I would say, you need to assess like if, if it's even something that you need or even that you want. Sometimes we have stuff sitting around and it's like, oh, I didn't, I don't really even use this. It's just pointless. So maybe get rid of it. But if it is something that you want to keep, but it doesn't necessarily belong in the kitchen, just find a spot for it and try to get yourself in the habit of it goes in its spot. Um, so that's all I have to say about clutter-free. Maybe somebody else has more to add to that. Um, but then the next one would be meal planning. I know this one's huge. It really deserves its own episode. I have not yet given it its own episode because it was something that I attempted. Let's see, we've been married seven and a half years. I attempted it probably for the first Oh, five-ish years of my marriage, and I just tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed. Um, my I did not grow up with our family having a meal plan. It was like, what are we craving? Okay, that's what we're going to have for dinner tonight. That's how I was trained to do meals. So that's how I came into my marriage. And I'd ask Simeon, like, oh, well, what are you craving for dinner? And he's like, well, I'm not really craving anything. Oh, you're not hungry? No, I'm hungry. i just not really craving anything. So that was an adjustment. Um, But I found... There are so many reasons why having a meal plan is beneficial. Um, anyway, so let me back up. I tried, failed, tried, failed, didn't work. Then we went on deputation, and we were never home. I was never cooking. Um, but then I realized, okay, kind of 2020, we've been home oh, quite a bit, 2020 and 2021. And we are done with deputation. Praise the Lord. That's its own topic in and of itself. Um, but we are home for good now until we move to Australia. And then hopefully we will be settled and home and not traveling there. Um but this has been an area of my kitchen where I've re-picked it up and been like, I really need to work on this because I've tried, when I have tried, I've seen that it helps so much with the budget. It helps so much with just the ease of the mechanics of the kitchen. I don't have to stand there at three o'clock and be like, oh my goodness, we have to have dinner in two or three hours and my meat's not going to thaw in time. What am I going to do? Oh my goodness, my vegetables have done rotted. Um, so having a meal plan has been helpful. I Again, uh, I'll probably do a whole episode on this in the future. Lord willing, I will have more wisdom to 
in part as I continue to really overhaul this area of my kitchen. But right now, this has been the biggest thing that has helped me. And I mentioned Marcy Fowler. This is something that's really helped me um, that I learned through some of her stuff is to write out your favorites. So I think all of us sit down with a calendar. What are we going to eat this month? And we literally think like, what do I even cook? Like, I don't, I don't know what we cook. Like, what do we eat? What, what do we like? I don't even know. Like, and maybe you get down spaghetti and, and cheeseburgers and that's it. Like you can't think of anything else. Surely we eat more than those two meals. And that's where I've been. So it has helped me so much. What I've done is in my, in my like homemaking journal where I keep all my notes about everything, um, I've divided my menu planning section into different categories. So I have grill, crock pot. Um, sometimes I have, I have like seasonal, like, okay, fall soups um, or like fall winter soups, summertime, um, just these different categories. I have like a, um, like a hospitality category where when we have people over, these are the go-to meals that I know are good, that people like them. I know how to cook these. Or, you know, I have a section too of, hey, if somebody has a baby, if somebody has a loved one pass away, if somebody has something that they're dealing with and I need to take them a meal, these are the meals that I'm good at making that are easy to transport. So I've written out all of these categories. And then I've just started, and, and this has been, this has been like a six month process and I'm still not done. But as we have a meal and I'm like, that was really good as, or I'd maybe I try something new. We just had this Alfredo lasagna soup the other night. Well, it needs, I actually need to make a note. I need to write that under my soup category because it was so good. Or as I get some chunks of time and I sit down and brainstorm, okay, we love to grill. We love to have grilled foods. But what are some of those go-to meals that we grill? I um, mean, you know, we have an, an Italian marinated chicken that we really like. We do like having burgers. Um, you know, we grill pork chops. But I'm trying to fill in those different categories. And that has helped me so much as I've meal planned because then I'm not just sitting there with a blank calendar feeling overwhelmed like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to cook. I'm able to go back to these lists and say, okay, this is supposed to be a decent weather day. Sun's out. We're going to grill this day. Um, okay, this day's going to be cold. Let's do soup. Or sometimes I don't even plan it around the weather. I might plan it around our schedule. Like I am going to have a busy day this day. So let's do a crock pot meal. Or a lot of times on Wednesdays, I know that Wednesdays are busy. I know that dinner needs to be a quick dinner to make and to eat because we have to rush to get the kids cleaned up to get them to choir practice on time and to be at church. So a lot of times we do breakfast for dinner on Wednesday. And so if I know, hey, we're going to do breakfast for dinner on Wednesday, then it narrows me down to, okay, I don't have to think about all these different meals. I just think about the breakfast ones. What do we want? Um, So that has been my current biggest tip that has helped me with meal planning is to just write out some of your favorite recipes and you don't have to categorize them all like I do. It just helps me to kind of sort through and think through it. I, I think quicker it's helped me to do that. Um, but that is what is really helping me right now with my meal planning. Also, I'm not near as active on Pinterest as I was maybe several years ago. But I do have a recipe board on there. And I had pinned a lot in the past. I try to get on there frequently. Well, not frequently, but every now and then and, you know, look up a new recipe or two. But when I do make my meal plan, I pull that out. And I'm like, okay, let's pick maybe 
you know, if it's a, if I'm doing a week meal plan, let's pick one. If I'm doing a month, let's pick two or three new recipes from one of these boards that we're going to incorporate and try. And if it's good, we'll keep it. And if not, we'll throw it out. And I've been doing that over the past couple months. And that's actually brought some new variety into our meals. And it's brought some new meals that we actually really enjoy. There's this cheesy uh, kielbasa sausage rice pepper one pot dinner thing that I, I did that it was on my Pinterest board for like years and eventually I said okay we're gonna just throw this into the meal rotation one night and we all loved it and it's super easy it's all in one pot it's done in 30 minutes um so that was a pleasant find that hey okay now I'm gonna put that into my quick and easy dinner category and it's gonna be come in the rotation so those are just some personal tips for meal planning. I hope to address more of that in the future. Um, somebody mentioned freezer meals. This is another area that I know a lot of people want advice on. My friend Katie, she's been on the podcast twice, Katie Davidson. She does a lot of freezer meals. So I might have to have her on for another interview. Katie, if you're listening, start writing, start writing down some notes about doing freezer meals. She does a lot of this. I've done it really only when I've had babies, like, the, the month before I've had babies, I've done more so just like breakfast prep because um, it's just freezer meals have not really been an area that I've really tried to tackle or do a lot of research on. But for me personally in that season, I knew that, hey, if I could just have breakfast quickly and easily covered I could manage lunch and dinner. Um, you know, with a new baby, sometimes I will sleep in because I didn't sleep all night. And if daddy knows, hey, there's egg burritos in the freezer that he can heat up, he's more apt to give the kids their breakfast than if, you know, he's just standing there looking at an, an empty fridge. So, um, so hopefully more on freezer meals to come. But that's just, that's one thing. And, and you know, there again, like, okay, Maybe you can't have a whole month's worth of freezer meals sitting in your freezer ready to go, but you can tackle an area like, okay, well, I'm going to work on breakfast. Let's, when I make this batch of muffins, I'm just going to make an extra dozen and we're going to freeze it half a dozen and just save that. Um, so that's been something that I've been trying to do too as I make, um, you know, a casserole or something. Instead of suffering through the leftovers for a week and a half, you know, okay, we eat, we eat it initially, we eat the leftovers a couple times and then the the other half of the casserole pan, I'm just going to pop that in the freezer so that we can pull that out in a busy season. So those are just the few ways I've implemented freezer meals into my home. Um, somebody mentioned how to cook with littles underfoot. This is an area that I am working on. So I can tell you what I'm currently working on. Can't tell you what I've mastered. But one rule that I've just implemented in our home, and you might think this is a harsh, terrible rule. You do what works for you. This has worked for me is that no toys are allowed in the kitchen. Does that mean that toys don't end up, don't ever end up in the kitchen? Absolutely not. But because my kitchen is such a, a workspace for me, for cooking, uh, we, we do a lot of our schooling in the kitchen, um, I, I can't, it, it quickly puts me in a bad mood. And the wrong spirit, if I'm turning around with a hot pot and I, you know, I'm stepping on Legos or, you know, I'm tripping over things, or it, it just doesn't make for a very functional workspace for me. So I've, I've told my kids, look, you can have toy, the toy box can blow up in the living room and your bedrooms. We'll deal with that later. 
but the kitchen cannot have toys in the kitchen. Or, you know, we do do school at our kitchen table a lot. Um, my daughter is super crafty, loves to color, so I don't mind if she's at the kitchen table. Um, you know, even while I'm cooking, like if I'm working on dinner and you want to color at the kitchen table or do sticker, that's fine. But you need to keep your stuff on the table. I can't have colored pencils rolling all over the floor. And that multiple reasons. One, it's hard to cook when colored pencils are rolling under your feet. Two, the baby eats colored pencils. Um, so that's just been one thing that I, a rule that I've put into place that has helped in that area is that we just don't bring toys into the kitchen. And that in and of itself kind of helps them stay out because there's not a lot to do. Now, my younger two are very curious and usually by mealtime they're ravenously hungry, which I don't understand because I feel like I feed them a lot for their sizes, but they just are bottomless pits. So they love to stand at my feet. I'll have one on one leg and one on the other leg, and they're just looking up at me like, can I see what you're doing? Can I taste it? Is it done? So I've had to learn, like sometimes if I know, okay, I, I need 30 minutes, I need 45 minutes to make this meal. Before I go to the kitchen to make the meal, I give them an activity to do. My kids are very activity-based. Um, they, they have toys. They like toys, but they would much rather do something like Play-Doh or we have magnetiles. I've mentioned that before on my favorite preschool resource episode. Um, they love their magnetiles. So I try to get them engaged in an activity that is, is open-ended, that engages their mind so they're not going to be like, well, two seconds later, oh, I'm done sitting here with this doll. Um, so... And, and you know, some days it's worth my sanity and it's worth getting a nice meal on the table for when daddy comes home to turn on a show or to, you know, and, and, you know, you just, you do what you got to do in different seasons. My kids, and I, again, I shared about this in the favorite preschool resources. So if this is an area that you're struggling with cooking with littles underfoot, maybe listen to that episode and it will give you some ideas. Um, but we also love audio things. So Patch the Pirate CDs are a favorite in our home. Um, so sometimes I'll turn one of those on. And especially while they're playing, if they're playing with something engaging that they're enjoying an activity, and I have Captain Patch playing on the CD player, it tends to keep them very interested, very engaged. And that way they're entertained, but they're not sitting in front of the TV screen. So that's been something else that has helped. Also, a lot of times, um, just with the way our current schedule works, it works out for Simeon to come home from his working by like 4, 4.30. So we've just kind of worked into our routine that when he gets home, he transitions a little bit he gets his little bit of time of transition and then it's playtime with daddy while mommy gets to go and cook that doesn't happen every day and I know that's not the norm for probably a lot of families a lot of families you need dinner on the table by the time your husband gets home to keep your evening flowing um, but you just you gotta look at your schedule figure out what works for you and then go from there. Um, and, and some of those things are what has helped me with having little ones under my feet also incorporating them and helping me it has been helpful now not necessarily the younger two especially not the youngest Knox is getting there and you know it's one of those things they'll never learn to be helpful if you don't give the opportunity to let them practice being helpful but you know maybe dinner time isn't the best time to practice for the three-year-old but my almost five-year-old she can 
she can be very helpful in the kitchen. So sometimes, you know, I she can she knows how to set the table. So hey, I'm finishing up my cooking, so you go set the table. Um, or different things, or you fill up the drinks with water, different things like that. Um, so that helps keep her involved but busy and not right at what I'm doing. Um, oh goodness, I don't think I'm gonna get to all of these. Oh, so I, I need to mention this before I might skip over some of this and do more later. Um, but I mentioned that I've really been trying to do kind of an overhaul in my kitchen. So much of that has stemmed from a kitchen collective that I've been doing. So I mentioned Jamie Balmay and Finding Joy in Your Home. Um, she is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to healthy cooking, healthy living in general, but especially this like whole foods approach to cooking. So what I mean by that is... You know, when I go to the store and I get ground sausage, I want it to just be ground sausage instead of looking at the ingredients and it having all these added sugars and, and spices and salts or, you know, pizza. You know, we think of pizza as being unhealthy because it has so many added things to it. You know, I break down the ingredients and then look at the ingredients in those ingredients and it's just, it, it's it's so much. Um, So how can we make can you have healthy pizza? Yes, you can have healthy pizza. How do you do that? Well, I, I grind my own wheat. You don't even have to do that. I'm not saying you have to grind your own wheat to have a healthy pizza. Um, but there are different ways that we can work through things in our home. I have been trying to switch out a lot of um, my shopping to be more um, farm-based shopping, so local farms. I'm currently working on trying to find some meat from local farms. That's kind of my next big thing that I'm tackling in my kitchen is, okay, can, can I get a fourth of a cow from a local farmer or get farm fresh eggs? Um, you know, in the summer months, my mother-in-law has a garden. We get a lot of her produce. I want to, I want to have a garden this coming spring and summer. Um, so different things like that really, oh goodness, long story short, the whole COVID process has kind of pushed Simeon and I to try to be a little more self-sustainable, a little more independent of chain grocery stores just with some of the shortages some of the you know rules of oh you can only get one package of this or two packages of that um and it's really kind of helped us reassess kind of some of our health choices so I've been trying to incorporate more of that um I've been trying to do a little bit more bulk shopping um and the place that I get a, if, if you're curious curious where I get my grains from um I get them from a place called Azure Standard you can look that up on the internet they have all kinds of stuff and more and more I've been trying to switch out um, some of my grocery store shopping for buying bulk things from them because they are um, straight from the farmers um, very minimal ingredients very whole foods based so things like butter um, cheese oils um, uh, like like diced tomatoes is currently on my list. I'm trying to think through different things that I currently have on my shopping list. Um, those are some things that I get from Azure Standard. And I, I once I get my next order, I kind of want to do a little like grocery haul thing on Instagram showing you more into Azure. I know I have several friends that have kids that are dairy-free. Uh, Azure has a lot of dairy-free options for people, um, dairy-free like substitutes. Um that is one a big thing that I've really been tackling in my home is trying to transition out some of that processed um, convenience grocery store food for um, more 
local farm based really even trying to support the local community whether it's like necessarily my local community or someone else's local community as your standard they do not deliver everywhere so the way it works you place your order online they do one delivery a month and they do not deliver to your house so they have their own like tractor and trailer trucks that have pickup points all around the U.S. Um, the one in Knoxville happens to be like 10 minutes from our house. So it's very convenient for us. But they just, you put in your order and it shows you that it's going to arrive this day at this time. And we just have to go there and pick it up from the truck. So we've done it several times, originally just for grains. But I've been trying to switch out more and more because the prices are so comparable. Now you are buying in bulk, so you kind of have to figure out your storage space. Um... But the prices, I've been shocked at how comparable and even cheaper than like shopping at Kroger or Walmart it has been from shopping for Majeure. So I, I, I went in a major rabbit trail on all that to give back to this kitchen collective. So Jamie started in August a kitchen collective, which is basically, so she has her own app. And it's more than just the collective, but a portion of it is this collective where it's kind of got its own, like, like Facebook would have groups. It's got its own community. Um... And you can sign up to be a part of this kitchen collective. I believe she has it at $20 a month, but she also has it to where you pay what you're able to pay. Um, so that's a huge blessing for a lot of people. And I've just put it in as part of my grocery budget that, you know, this, this what I pay for the month is a part of my grocery budget. And it has been worth every penny. So what is it? Every month she has a topic. Um, let's see, August, I think August was breakfast. Um, September was like 30 minute dinners, October, I think October was like crock pot cooking going into November and December. She's going to have a lot of holiday cooking and she has several different things that she does. So she has different recipes in those categories that are this healthy whole foods, natural, not processed, trying to source from local places approach. Um, so if you're sitting there like, okay, having a healthier pizza sounds great than just picking it up from Little Caesars, but I don't even know where to start with that. Um, she she gives you the recipe. She walks you through. So that's one thing is having the recipes. Then she has like an education part where, you know, a couple times a week all throughout that month. She's teaching a lot that I learned about the USA pans and switching out these, you know, more toxic cookware options for less toxic cookware options has come from things that I've learned from her. Um, when she talked about in the breakfast about making pancakes and waffles from these homegrown grains, she talked a lot about, okay, these are different grains. These are how they work. This is how you can grind them. Um, she had a whole gluten-free thing. I'm trying to think even in this last collective, she did a whole thing on like cream of chicken, cream of mushroom, these different cream of soups that we use so often, especially in the fall in casseroles and soups and different things. If you look at the ingredient list, all of a sudden you're like, oh my, this probably isn't the best for me. So how can we make a healthier option that doesn't cost a fortune? And, and I love the way Jamie presents it. It's very much the same spirit that I'm trying to get across here. Don't tackle everything. Don't feel like, oh, because I'm not doing all of these things, I'm failing at my kitchen. Find what's most important to you. Find what you eat the most. You know, if, if you don't really eat breakfast, don't start with breakfast. Don't start with overhauling breakfast. Start with something else. And just take these baby steps to try to get your kitchen to where you want it to be. So that Kitchen Collective has been such 
a blessing to me as it's just really been a very easily digestible way to learn and to think through these different aspects of my kitchen because I've been a part of other things and other opportunities for learning about, you know, different areas of the home or even the kitchen specifically, but it can easily be overwhelming or you get behind and then you can't catch back up or you just like, I don't have the money to do the things that they're talking about doing, or I don't have the time to slave away, you know, like little house in the prairie days in my kitchen. That's not what this is at all. This is just, here's the information, here's the resources, find what's important to you and start there, go from there. So ladies, I I had a couple other things that I really wanted to get to and it's just not, it's not going to happen or this episode is going to be crazy long. So I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. I hope that something that I quickly rambled through was helpful to you. If there's anything else on this topic that you want to hear more of, I I really do want to touch on meal planning on freezer meals probably into the next year. I'm kind of diving deeper into these specific areas. I know today was just like a mass try to cover everything I can about the kitchen. Um, But if you have some guidance for me into these more specific things, what would be helpful in your home? Um, please let me know. I would love to hear back from you. Um, one other thing, I know I mentioned following me on social media. Another thing that I've just in the past month or so implemented that I do is I send out a weekly email. And usually in that weekly email, it has several different things. Um, what I'm reading, a little devotional thought, something God's showing me, what's on the podcast this week. And then the bottom part is a glimpse into my home. And that I left that very open-ended. It can be just about anything that I want to share about my home, but often it is kitchen-related. A new recipe that I tried that I really liked. Um, We did make homemade applesauce for the first time the other day, so that's going to be coming out soon. Um, So if that is something that you're interested in, you can subscribe to that email on my website, which is nohighercalling.org. If you scroll to the bottom of the welcome page, I also believe it's on the contact page. There should be a little box for you to enter your email address and then hit subscribe. So um, that's just been another opportunity that I've had to just be a blessing to people and to try to share some of the things that God is teaching me and doing in my life and home as I try to look well to the ways of my household. So thank you ladies so much for joining me for this episode. As we have just chatted, I feel like everything kitchen, Um, but I hope you've enjoyed it and I look forward to joining you next week. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.